welcome to TAP, the awesome podcast. My name is Claire Turner and I'm an EFT practitioner, manifestation and mindset coach, the founder of Claire Turner EFT, the creator of Eight Weeks to Weight Loss and the From Doubt to Clout courses. Now, I am obsessed with helping women to overcome feelings of self-doubt and to grow into the awesome and empowered goddesses that they truly are. Now, if you are looking to tap into your divine right to success and abundance, then you have come to the right place, my friend. My goal within this podcast is to help you see your infinite potential, to tap into your personal power and be, do and have whatever you dream of. Thank you so much for pressing play. We're going to have so much fun. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome to this TAP, the awesome podcast with me, Claire Turner. Um, So today I am going to be sharing with you a chat that I had with the incredible Dr. Peter Stapleton. Now, Peter has 25 years of experience as a registered clinical and health psychologist in the state of Queensland in Australia. She's completed a Bachelor of Arts, postgraduate diploma of professional psychology and doctor of philosophy. She's got so much background in researching and teaching and she is regularly contributing to the academic field with all sorts of research publications and reviews for academic journals And she is one of the champions for the research behind EFT. And she had her most significant contribution by leading the world first randomized clinical trials investigating EFT, the results for which have been outstanding. Now, I have long admired Peter. She has a way of making science accessible to people like me who have absolutely no idea about it and were requested to leave their biology A level because they were complete shit. Um, So I love the way she explains it all. um, And she was such a joy to have a chat with. So I'd like to share that chat with you now. So this is Dr. Peter Stapleton, and we're discussing EFT, the science behind EFT. And also, if you are interested in this, and this is probably quite an important bit, we are talking about how EFT is so amazingly good for things like food cravings. So I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to speaking to you again on the next podcast. Take care. This conference will now be recorded. So hello, I am super excited by my special guest today, who is the incredible Dr. Peter Stapleton. Now, Peter has 25 years of experience as a registered clinical and health psychologist in the state of Queensland, Australia, and has completed a Bachelor of Arts, postgraduate diploma of professional psychology and doctor of philosophy. She's held academic positions at Griffith University for 14 years, teaching and coordinating psychological research trials into new therapies in the area of obesity and weight management, and is now associate professor in psychology at Bond University. 
Now she regularly contributes to the academic field with research publications, reviews for academic journals, and offers supervision for new and existing professionals, as well as students. Now Peter's most significant contribution in her research life has been to lead world first randomized clinical trials investigating EFT and the results for which have been outstanding. She's been awarded many honors as a certified practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy, and EFT. Well known internationally in the area of clinical EFT, Peter is consulted podcast, radio, television, and print media for her expert opinion. She's been on TED Talks and now at the pinnacle of her media career, she's here. Peter, <laughs> thank you so much. It's so exciting to have you on. Oh, thank you, Claire. No, thank you for the invitation. Love talking anything, tapping, any time of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Peter, just tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you get to be to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So, my journey with EFT started about 18 years ago. So, we're coming up to a couple of decades. And I, I say openly, I wasn't looking for this weird tapping thing, but I was... <laughs> <laughs> I guess frustrated that what I'd been trained in in my area clinically is eating disorders. Now, a lot of things weren't working for my patients. So I had a colleague who reached out and said, look, I've come across this weird tapping thing. That is literally what he said to me. And I had no idea what he was talking about. It was back in the day, I would dial up internet. So he was a very patient man, which I'm not. And I just dismissed him like the poor guy. I just went, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, as the story goes, I was running support groups in the area of eating disorders and they were getting larger in number. So I said to him, do you want to come along and just assist me, help me out? And in one of the evenings, a couple of months later, a young girl started to have a panic attack. So she really started to hyperventilate and he just sort of said, look, I'll just take her off to the side and um, you keep doing what I'm teaching. And they were back, I'm not joking, Claire, within about five, six minutes time. And she was calm and composed to the point where I thought perhaps he'd slipped her some Valium, which I thought that's highly unethical. I'm going to have to speak to him. <laughs> and of course, we finished the group, everyone went home. And I said, what happened there? Like, tell me you didn't give her any medication. Because it was just so rapid. Like she was hyperventilating and she came back, she was calm. And he said, no, I did that weird tapping thing I've been trying to tell you about. And because I'd seen, I guess, an experience of it in my group, I said, okay, I don't know, know what you're talking about, but you need to tell me more about this. So as it goes, I went off to a training, gave up chocolate 18 years ago myself in that training. And then I know somewhere in them, <laughs> somewhere in the next couple of years, my position, um, kind of opened up and allowed me to do research. So my boss sort of said, and I know we'll talk about that today, but he's like, what do you want to do for research? And I said, can I do anything? And he goes, yeah, I don't care. And I'm like, I want to do this weird tapping thing. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking uh -oh. about. <laughs> and sort of the rest is history and we kind of rolled along. But that was sort of my introduction that it found me, if you like. And, yeah. um, and it really was, I mean, if anything, I was pretty close. I had no idea what my colleagues trying to tell me about some weird tapping thing. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, but it was, it was just like dozen <laughs> it, it was even a bit strange back then because we used eye movements and all sorts of things. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> at least after seeing it in action, I kind of went, okay, I need to know more about what has happened here. So that that's mm -hmm. sort of how the door opened. 
Okay, excellent. Thank you. Um, and how would you describe the science behind EFT in, in layman's terms? Yeah, look, it's a stress reduction technique. So that's the easiest way that we describe. We tap on these pressure points instead of using a needle like in acupuncture. But what happens, and we do have research to show these acupuncture points exist on the body. When we tap on them, we stimulate them with the tapping process. It sends a signal back to that stress center in the brain and helps it calm down in activity, the amygdala and Harvard University have actually shown uh, that research. So what we've done in the last couple of decades worldwide is to show how if you help the stress in any situation or health condition or you know disorder, if you calm the stress down, lots of other symptoms improve. So we now have such a wide range of studies that show biologically things shift in the body, cortisol, stress hormone levels, things like that just by tapping on these acupuncture points. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about your world first randomized clinical trials investigating EFT? You know, what, what yeah, so this is a quite funny that? story. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what so when my, um, yeah, when my boss said, you can do some research, what do you want to do? And I said, can I do this weird tapping thing? And of course he was like, like me, a couple of years earlier, okay, what are you talking about? Yeah. He said, but I don't think anyone will come to your trial. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just give it a go. We want to do it for food cravings in overweight and obese people, and maybe that'll help them lose weight. We didn't know whether it would work, but we knew that it was working privately. We were working with patients individually. So he's like, yeah, knock yourself out, you know. So I go on this current affair program. I do a demonstration with a chocolate muffin and I tap with the reporter and I just sort of say, look, the university is offering a free four week treatment program. You need to be able to come in person a couple of hours a week and we'll help you tap on any food craving you want. And of course we thought, oh, we don't know what will happen. But what happened was four and a half thousand people Boom. responded. <laughs> what have we got ourselves into? But, also, my boss looked at me and went, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing at this point. But we went on to run that trial and we had 96 adults that finished it and published it, did year long follow up. And of course, everything that we measured uh, responded. People lost weight and 12 months later, none of it had come back. Their food cravings didn't come back. Their anxiety levels didn't come back. The weight didn't come back. And we sort of looked at each other as researchers and went, maybe we're onto something here. And we went on to sort of um, run lots of other trials where we compared it even to, you know, gold standard therapies like cognitive behavioural therapy. We've delivered it online. Um, we've done lots of things now in that food space, including a brain scan study uh, most recently. So, yeah, that first trial, we really were coming from a point of curiosity going, I wonder if this will work. And when four and a half thousand people rang up or emailed, we thought, oh, wow, people are looking for something. And you and I were just saying that before we got on that people were looking for something, at least in that weight space. So, yeah, we've done now over 14 years of research in the yeah. food craving uh, weight area. Wow. So just why and talk about um, more in depth about the food craving side of it. Why is EFT so effective for food cravings and weight management? Can you, can you shed some yeah. more light on I think it comes back to the very nature of a craving and anyone that's had a craving or a hankering for something, what it actually is, is an increase in anxiety. So think of it as that physiological feeling of anxiety. And I think because tapping works so well on the stress response, 
that even a craving sitting in front of you of a really attractive food that you desire, if you tap to reduce any of that anxiety that you've got about that, it actually also reduces or quells the desire level. And what happens is once people have no desire for a food, then it has no power over them. So they don't actually seek it. And then within time, they forget that they even used to eat that food. So when we sort of follow our lot up 12 months, two years later, and say, how's your food craving? Literally, they look at us blankly and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't eaten that food for years. So, and we know that that's what they did their tapping on. So it's because of that anxiety, urge, craving, and we see it in obviously drug use, cigarette smoking, a range of different addictive behaviours. If you quell that or you reduce that, and the tapping technique seems to be brilliant for it, then it disappears and the brain sort of rewires itself. So, I mean, if anyone wanted to do anything about an addictive style behaviour, this is a technique to certainly add to whatever else you're doing. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I, I had a look into your research because I found it absolutely fascinating. And what I love about you, Peter, is the fact that you managed to make it so accessible for people who, like me, who were asked to leave A-level biology. <laughs> so I wasn't very good. <laughs> and it just, it, it, it makes it really clear. And one of the things I really love were the brain scans, mm, which show yep. different areas lighting up before and after EFT. That yes, was absolutely yeah. Yeah, we were the first to be able to do that. They're expensive trials to run, but we just happened to sort of have someone that supported us, got some funding. So we, uh, there has been another brain scan study on EFT run since, but what we were able to do was just get a, a group of 15 adults that again were overweight or obese, lots of food cravings, and we split them into either EFT or a control group that got nothing, but we scanned them inside an MRI machine. So we scanned them while they looked at images on a headset of high calorie foods because we wanted to see what part of your brain fires or um, blood oxygen flows to that area for us to see a signal. And then they went off for a four week, eight hours uh, EFT tapping program on their food cravings. And then at the end of that, in the fifth week, they came back and had the brain scan again. So we showed them the same images. Now what happened, and these scans are actually on my website, so anyone can have a look at them and the journal is open access. So you can see the imagery. The scans before, when people were obviously done nothing about their food cravings, the areas of the brain that fired were very much related to reward and loss. So anytime we think we're going to miss out on something, if you think about diets and deprivation, people often have that, that FOMO. Well, that's an area in your brain, FOMO. So we called it the last supper effect. It was like, you know, like, oh, I'm about to do four weeks of tapping on food and oh, I won't be able to eat these foods. So the brain was sort of firing. And what happened was the control group stayed the same. So five weeks later, their brains didn't change. They were exactly the same because they hadn't done anything. But our group that came back after their tapping for four weeks and looked at the images again, literally they looked like they were asleep because nothing was happening in the brain. Because if you don't have desire for a food, so if you think about a food you, know, you don't really care about, your brain doesn't do anything. It doesn't actually send any uh, oxygen to that area to fire. So you can see these two brain scans uh, on my website and in the article where it's literally just got a lack of a signal. They, they kind of walked out and went, oh, that's pretty boring because the food had no power over them. And that's what people are looking for when they're trying to obviously conquer something in the weight space or food or whatever. You don't want to have willpower ha yeah. having a role because we showed that even if you've just eaten and you're full and you're not hungry at all, 
looking at those food images in the MRI still makes your brain fire. It actually doesn't matter whether you're hungry or not. So that's <laughs> concerning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> amazing, like, just to see what the brain's doing and that after tapping, if someone says, I don't feel like that food anymore, it's like, well, we actually can see your brain's telling us the same story. So I think that that is such an amazing kind of piece mm, of research yeah. in lots of areas yeah. of life. Yeah. It's so visual like that. I think a lot of people learn visually and be able to see it like that it makes such a difference. That was absolutely yeah. amazing. Now yeah. you have on top of all of that, you have also had the time somehow to write a book. <laughs> I don't know how I yes. <laughs> yes. Um, absolutely fantastic. I love it. It's really, really good. What prompted you to and I will be getting to sign this when I see you. <laughs> We'll be over there. I'm, I'm still aiming to be there in uh, early April next year in London. So there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm out in a non-threatening or scary way. Yeah. <laughs> what prompted me to write it? Yeah. What was what was the thinking behind behind getting this out there? Actually, um, it wasn't me. So <laughs> it seems to be EFT kind of keeps prompting me. So it was actually Joe Dispenser. So Joe wrote the forward for that book and Joe's yeah. known in the meditation space. So he was out for a conference for us and was speaking and him and I were having a coffee on one afternoon because uh, the conference was running, but we weren't needed. And he said to me, you should write a book. And I looked at him and went, what do you mean? I'm going to write a book on. <laughs> and he goes, you know, the science behind all this tapping you do. And I went, really? Are people going to read that? Like, <laughs> Clearly I had issues. And he went, yes, yes, people love that stuff, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. So it was really Joe who orchestrated not only belief in me but obviously went back to Hay House and and maybe with all of the work that Nick Ortner has done in the tapping space through Hay House and the tapping solution, that the audience, I guess, were ready and were asking for that kind of thing. So what we, what I really tried to do was weave in client stories so that it's easier to read. It's not academic. It's not heavily, and you know, you've had a look, Claire, so that at least you get that lived experience as well. Yeah. So I blame Joe Dispenser absolutely fully for the book. <laughs> Hence, <laughs> yeah, oh, I said you have to write the forward, and of course he did, and he did that. He wrote it. <laughs> so um, you won't believe it though. Uh, I write goals every year, intentions, things like that. Sometimes I tap on them, sometimes I don't. But just to sort of think about what would I like to do this year, achieve, and that includes family, holidays, lots of things. And you won't believe it, but 18 months before that conversation with Joe, I had written an intention that I would like a book publishing contract with Hay House. And I had forgotten that I wrote that down. And I have it, I have it in my diary. And I looked back when I was writing just to sort of have a look and went, oh wow, be careful what you write. <laughs> yes. The power of manifestation, yeah. Brilliant, I love it. Yeah. So that's how it came about, yeah. Excellent, thank you. So Peter, what are you working on right now? Yeah, we have a couple of different trials happening at the moment. So we, we did a lot in that food space, 14 years worth of publications. We've done lots of other bits and pieces. But what we have done recently is partnered with a national integrative medicine 
body here in Australia, they approached us. And we're currently in the middle of a uh, cancer support trial with EFT. So we are giving four-week EFT programs to their patients going through traditional cancer treatments, chemotherapy and radiation. So they're all getting, if they choose, EFT uh, for four weeks as well. So that's rolling all year through that. The other thing we're doing is we have also um, been using these little wonderful things called focus bands. Now this is an EEG machine that you wear, so frontal lobe, and it picks up your brainwave patterns and you can see them on your app. So it is a form of neurofeedback. So you, you watch and you could either from the app just do deep breathing, you could do a meditation, but you can watch how that's calming your brain down. So what we've done with the company is we've put videos of me in the app tapping for stress. And anyone that uses these, um, and there's thousands of users worldwide, we get the brain activity uh, of what happens when they're tapping at those EEG band levels. So it's very cool. If anyone wants to see it in action, if you just head to my YouTube channel, there's a video of me and I've got the app on a TV screen. So you can watch me tap and you just watch the brain waves come down. So it's a phenomenal uh, experience. So that's running at the moment as well. And then mid this year, we're actually delivering an EFT chronic pain trial. So that's actually where I am turning my attention and one of those trials will be run online and it'll be free for anyone around the world to self-pace through, but it's all videos of me and information. And I'm in the group that supports them. So if anyone did want to participate in that chronic pain trial, and of course there's no cost involved, you just need to give me six weeks of your life that once a week you'll watch the videos and things and follow us on any of the social media, um, including you know Facebook and things like that, because that's where we just will post saying, hey, if anyone's interested, click here. So right. that is coming up. And when we get back to normal, normality in the world, <laughs> That's right. That trial is actually having the fMRI aspect to it as well. So we will do a group of 20 odd patients here in Australia that will go through the MRI machine for the chronic pain intervention. So it will have that um, as well to it. So I'm keen to do another brain scan trial. Fantastic. Which segues neatly into me asking, how do people learn more about you? How can they get involved? Yeah. yeah so if they just head over to my main web website is peterstapleton.com so that's p-e-t-a stapleton.com that'll link people to our training website and things like that if anyone just wanted to have a look at lots of free resources and things like that and all my links to social media of course all the platforms are there as well so hope that there's something out there that might be useful for people yeah, fantastic. And just if anyone is watching who would be interested in the chronic pain um, and for some reason can't quite find out how to get involved, give me a shout and I'll let Peter know uh, that you're interested. So that's been fantastic. So Peter, just to finish off, um, would you honour us with some um, tapping, maybe along the lines of food cravings as we're currently yeah, trapped in our houses with our fridges? <laughs> just sort of demonstrate the process people might be able to um, sort of head off and do it afterwards as well we always recommend have the food in front of you so whatever the food is that you would like to sort of lower the desire for have that in front of you just so that you can sort of play around with it which always makes for great fun because initially you're quite happy about your food and lots of smiles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what we ask people to do is take that food and our most common food that pops up in the trials is of course something to do with chocolate. So it'll be chocolate cake or chocolate bar or chocolate something is to first sort of smell 
uh, the chocolate and what that smells like and give it a rating out of 10. So give it a rating for intensity as to how pleasurable it is or how you would describe it. So that might be, um, you know, that it smells sweet or it smells savoury or whatever the food is. So rate the smell out of 10. And then of course, have a taste of it and see if there's anything different there. Because sometimes when we taste a food, we have a different word to describe uh, the taste. It could be texture, it could be sweetness, saltiness, it could be something like that. So just write all those down so people just sort of get that out. And literally, it should be like you're in love with this food at this point, that all these words should be really nice and pleasurable. And the ratings are probably quite high out of 10, 10 being the highest and zero being I don't want to eat it. So start with that, do that as your little homework. And then with the food there, just start with the first one, which is smell first, and do that one until the smell sort of seems to shift and then move on to taste. So I'm going to demonstrate how we would do that. And I'll just make up some words here around maybe a chocolatey, nice, sweet smell. We would, would start like with the echo? Like this be your echo? Would that be that helpful? Would be fantastic. Yes. Thank you, Claire. So <laughs> it's often imagine. <laughs> Melt the chocolate bar and we're going, oh, it's just lovely. We would say these words. So even though this smells so chocolatey and sweet. Even though this smells so chocolatey and sweet. I accept this is how I feel. I accept this is how I feel. We'll do two more of those. Even though it smells so wonderful. Even though it smells so wonderful. I can smell it now. <laughs> I can't wait to eat it. Can't wait to eat it. I completely accept this is how I feel. I completely accept this is how I feel. Even though it smells so chocolatey and sweet. Even though it smells so chocolatey and sweet. I accept this is how I feel. I accept this is how I feel. Now we come up to our start of our eyebrow point and hand out on my website if anyone wants one of these. Just say the smell. So we'll just say chocolatey smell. Or chocolatey smell. Side of the eye there, tapping there. This sweet chocolatey smell. This sweet chocolatey smell. Under the eye. This sweet chocolate smell. This sweet chocolate smell. Under the nose. This chocolate smell. This chocolate smell. On the chin. This chocolatey sweetness. Oh, this chocolatey sweetness. See, everyone's happy at this point. Yeah. On the collarbone there. This chocolate sweet smell. This chocolate sweet smell. Under the arm. Chocolatey smell. Chocolatey smell. And top of the head there. Chocolate sweet smell. Chocolate sweet smell. So at that point, we would pause, just take a breath in, centre ourselves. And then with food cravings, of course, if your food is in front of you, you can use that to check. So you can have it, you can have a smell, see if there's a different word to describe the smell. And of course, you can have a taste. But the aim here is to keep going just on one sort of aspect at a time, smell being one of them, until something seems to shift. Sometimes it can just be a feeling in the body that you've got when you smell that. But it's such a fabulous exercise to do having the food in front of you because you can actually test in with it. And then, of course, if smell starts to change a little bit, you can move on to, oh, what's the taste? What's the feeling in my body when I actually eat that? That kind of thing. 
and of course you can keep coming back to it. Sometimes it is worth working with an experienced practitioner like yourself, Claire, because sometimes food cravings do have um, other reasons why we eat them. Uh, that's not always the case, but if you find that you've always used a certain food to soothe a feeling, that may have come about much earlier in your life and it is worth working with someone as a practitioner to explore um, and we can use EFT in different ways. So I just sort of like to throw that out there in case someone sits at home and taps for you know, five hours on a food craving and nothing happens. Um, we know that it should be responding. So we do recommend that it is worth working with someone because there's lots of things that you can, um, you can talk about with that kind of thing. So I hope that kind of gives people an idea of how to work with the food craving. I might just throw in, because um, we did this with teenagers at a school, we can also use tapping with food to increase the desire to eat a healthy food or drink more water. So we ah. did this with teenagers. So we bought in like fruit and vegetables, which of course they all rolled their eyes and, <laughs> and so we got like the, the carrot. And we're like, what don't you like about the carrot? And so they would write down, it was boring or, you know, it tasted funny or whatever. And then we did our tapping on those things to sort of remove them as a bit of a disinterest and to increase their desire to want to eat it. And I can tell you that in the middle of one of those trials, a young man, teenager, went home and said to his mum, I just have a craving for cauliflower. Can we have cauliflower tonight for dinner? And she had to send us an email going, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so it works the other way that if you're like well I wish I ate more salad make a salad sit there look at it and say to yourself what don't I like about it and do the tapping on that because you're trying to obviously reduce your dislike so that there's that natural sort of increase so it can work both ways um, yeah. it is useful to do both not just removing food cravings that's fantastic. Peter, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really, really interesting. Well, I love hearing about the science behind it all. It's absolutely fascinating. So I Pleasure. very much appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And please do have a wonderful rest of the day. I will. Thank you so much, Claire. See you, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me in a review so I can keep the awesome stuff coming your way. And if you aren't already following me on social media, come and soak up the extra inspiration by following me on facebook.com forward slash Claire Turner EFT or visiting my website at claireturnereft.com. Just so you're aware, I'm very greedy. Claire has everything in it, C-L-A-I-R-E. I appreciate you so much, and I cannot wait to connect with you again in the next episode. In the meantime, be awesome.